0: Hello, and welcome back to the Creator Club Podcast. This week, I have a very fun and exciting interview to share with you. This week, I am speaking with Kajal Bensal of Spark Career Co. Before I get into Kajal's actual credentials and all of her experience, I just have to say that Kajal and I have been internet friends going back and forth on Instagram for a while now, and she makes such amazing content in the space of recruitment, Career job hunting, and she seriously has a ton of wisdom in her area. So, before we even get into the interview, I just have to tell you all to go check her out on Instagram and give her a follow because she has really, really great content, especially if you are a woman starting out in your career and are looking for that confidence and that expertise from somebody who really knows her stuff. So, Kajal's amazing. She's also a certified resume strategist, and like I was saying, the founder of Spark Career Co., a company that aims to instill candidates with confidence on their job search journeys through strategic resume review, interview preparation, and an online course catalog to help prospective job seekers through the hiring process. Kajal is a contributing career expert who has been featured on CTV and Global News, sharing her views on the recruitment process in an ever-evolving job market. If you want to find out more about her, you can check her out at Co on Instagram or at sparkcareerco.com. And of course... With all the amazing information that she has to share in this episode. So, without further ado, let's get into the interview. I can't wait for you to hear it. Welcome to the Creator Club podcast. I'm your host, Katie Steckley, YouTube creator and creative entrepreneur. The Creator Club podcast is a workshop style show dedicated to teaching creators and entrepreneurs the best strategies for social media marketing and content creation. Whether you're into Instagram, creating on YouTube, trying TikTok, or producing podcasts, this show is made for you. And because here at Creator Club, we believe in teaching everything you know, and that community is more important than competition, this club is open to everyone. Come and join us. Welcome back to the Creator Club Podcast, and thank you so much, Kajal, for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk about the creative career path with you from the perspective of somebody who's an expert in the world of recruitment and resumes and interviews. So before we get into my really big questions about, you know, the meaning of life as a creative and and work. I would love to hear from you. I mean, I know some of your story already, but I think it would be great to let the audience in on your backstory of how you got into the work that you're doing now, starting your business, Spark Career Co., what that looks like, what you do for clients and how how you kind of got there. What inspired you to do this sort of work?
1: Sure. Yeah. So I was one of those people who went through a lot of life not knowing what I wanted to be when I grew up. Um, And so when I got to university, I I decided to get a Bachelor of Commerce degree because I just felt so broad. So I felt like it gave me a little bit more time to figure it out. But then as time went on, I did what I think a lot of people end up doing, especially back, this was like 10 years ago now. I kind of moved in the direction of what felt like was going to be the most secure. And so I decided to to study finance and I graduated with a finance degree. And then I worked in finance and accounting for about five years and earned a CPA designation, but just was finding like, I just wasn't happy and it wasn't fulfilling for me. And I wanted to see, before even looking at what else was available, I was really feeling like kind of sad that I, you know, I I couldn't see myself doing this for the rest of my life, but I had gotten a degree in it and I really had to kind of work through some of that. And I'm from Winnipeg. I moved to Toronto and I was looking for a job and there was a a recruitment agency that specialized in placing people in finance and accounting roles. And their recruiters were all CPAs because that was sort of a, a really specialized niche in the market that they had. So they really looked for that in their recruiters. And I sent my resume to them hoping they'd help me land a job. And they asked me if I would be interested in interviewing with them as a recruiter instead. And I thought like, well, this is kind of a good time to try something new because that's sort of what I had been looking for. And I did, and it was just pretty transformational for me. It was the first time I really felt naturally good at something. I think with accounting and finance, I always felt like I had to try so hard to kind of be at the same level as, as everyone else. And I liked it a lot more. So it was kind of this perfect combination of being good at something and then also really liking it. And I found success in recruitment quickly. And it felt really nice to not have to try so hard to, Mm -hmm. um, you know, just kind of be at that same level. And so, yeah, I, I, I learned a lot about what employers look for. And I learned a lot about what a good resume looks like the kinds of resumes that end up landing interviews. And then I moved back home and I worked for a small tech firm for a few years doing a lot of their recruitment. And then at the end of 2019, I decided to quit my full-time job and go all in with Spark. I launched in January 2020. So I kind of, I'm really lucky I get to work on both sides of it. So I work with job seekers on their resume and interview skills. And then I also work with employers on building job descriptions and helping them set up a recruitment process and, and kind of just helping on the recruitment side of things on the corporate side. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a really interesting experience, just the timing of launching a business in the beginning of 2020, but it's been great.
0: Mm -hmm. I think that's such a cool story. Like I, I feel like so many people in their career journey at some point go in expecting one thing and then have it like kind of turn on its head. Like you, you know, go to this recruitment firm to you know get a job in finance and then they end up recruiting you to be a recruiter like it's it's such a it's funny how some things like turn out just totally different than we expect but then end up being you know exactly where you were meant to be so that's very cool and i'm sure that the like entrepreneur side of that journey has been interesting too especially you know 2020. And I mean, 2021, it's kind of also a challenge. So I feel like you're making the best of it and like doing really cool things. So I guess what I want to start with here is you have so much experience in helping people find work that is fulfilling to them, which I think is like such an important line of work because so the world that we live in, like you, everyone has to work, right? Like that is what we need to do to provide like at least like the, the, the basics of life, right? And you hope that the work that you're doing can be something that you enjoy. And especially people that like listen to this podcast or like myself and, and you as well that are creative and, and passionate. Sometimes it can feel like a challenge to find the work that like really feels fulfilling, especially when you're sort of, I guess, dealing with the decision of traditional career path, entrepreneurship, what feels right. And I don't know, we both, I I think we both spend some time on Instagram and probably see that there is a kind of a strong narrative out there that you have to be an entrepreneur to be happy as a creative. And I just wonder what your perspective on that is as somebody that is working with people that are in the, you know, like corporate or, or nine to five, whatever you want to call it, kind of traditional career path space. What have you seen in terms of people being able to find work that they really find fulfilling in that sort of space that's not the entrepreneurial space, even though I feel like a lot of what we see online right now is basically like, you know, this hustle culture of like, you have to be an entrepreneur in order to find meaning. But I feel like there is a lot of benefit in, in working for somebody else and being part of a larger project. So I'd be really curious to hear your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, it's a great question. I do think I, I've seen that as well. Where I mean, social media and, and particularly maybe Instagram, they, it really does glorify entrepreneurship. And there are amazing things about entrepreneurship. But I think part of it is just that's the way that Instagram kind of is with the, like the highlight reel aspect. But the other part of it is, as business owners, you know, it's important for us to be sharing our wins mm-hmm. so that other people can kind of trust us as experts and trust to invest in us. But I think a, a product of that is that it also Sheds maybe not the full picture of of how challenging it can be and and sometimes what the obstacles are as well. And I think working for somebody else, there's such benefit in that you have such secure, like you get much more security, financial mm-hmm. security, and what comes with that is that you it gives you the ability to plan your life in a way that is a bit more certain. And so that Mm -hmm. could be going on a trip or making a big purchase, or even it's a lot easier to get a mortgage when you aren't uh, self-employed, things like that. Right. And the other thing is when you are an entrepreneur, well, I guess when you're working full time for somebody else, you know that when you're going into work every day, as long as you're showing up and doing a good job, like you're going to get paid for the work that you do. Whereas when you're an entrepreneur, there are days where you spend eight to 10 hours working on content or or planning the future of your business or doing things that aren't revenue generating. And so you have to really be okay with, with that and have the ability to weather the challenges that come with that. And so, yeah, like I think one major benefit is just the security that you can get from working with someone else and the ability to plan a life around that security. And I certainly think that there are ways that you can find fulfillment in working for somebody else just as much as you might in working for yourself. I think a really key thing with this is in order to find meaningful work, I think the first step is like you really have to know yourself. And I think for me, that whole period where I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And then I went into accounting and I wasn't happy. Like I didn't know myself well enough to know what I was good at and what I liked to do. And I was really lucky that I happened to come upon it. But I think if you can do that work early, you know, trying different things and doing different projects and trying different activities, whatever it is to really figure out what you like, what you're good at, what you feel that you can offer, that is kind of the foundation for building a career that fulfills you. So mm-hmm. I think that's probably the first step in, in doing that and whether that's on your own or, or for somebody else.
0: Mm-hmm. That totally makes sense. Just having that self-awareness is a helpful place to start for anybody to figure out like what sort of work is actually going to make me happy. And I think like what you're speaking to earlier too, beyond just what kind of work like fulfills me or make me happy, makes me happy, but like the sense of security that comes with having that when you work as part of a, you know, bigger organization or whatever, I think that's really underrated nowadays. Like, I feel like you see a lot of people not really praising like the the feeling of security that you can have in that kind of position and how helpful that actually is. And I think probably what it comes down to is that security doesn't look cool on Instagram, like freedom yeah. and, you know, being a digital nomad or like whatever, which you can be a digital nomad actually working for somebody else. But that whole like freedom that's associated with entrepreneurship is like so like pretty on an Instagram feed. But I feel like security is actually like what feels good when you're like sitting at home at the end of the day and you're like, you know what? I don't have to worry about like where my next paycheck is coming from. So exactly. I don't know. I think I, I'm seeing those benefits like more and more as a entrepreneur who feels stressed like 90% <laughs> of the time. And I'm like, you know what? I could work like half as hard and get paid just as much if I worked for somebody else.
1: <laughs> totally. And I think that's such a great point. Like that's, I think a piece that doesn't always get projected on Instagram is that when you work for yourself, there's this vision of freedom, but in fact, like I work much harder and much longer hours now as an entrepreneur than I ever did working for somebody else. So it doesn't always quite go that way. You just yes, have to. totally, yeah.
0: So I'm curious, talking about the self-awareness piece, you obviously had a journey where you kind of weren't sure what kind of work you wanted to do that you would find fulfilling. And then you found yourself in a role that you ended up being a natural at and it just went so well for you. Do you have tips for, and maybe this is what you share with your clients too, is like figuring out what kind of work is going to work well for you? Like for a creative person who, you know, might be listening to this podcast today. That's like, I know I want to do something that is going to be creative for me and something that I can be passionate about, but I don't really know what that role is going to look like. Where do you start with figuring that out?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So I think the first thing is turning off of that autopilot mode, I think, that we get into, especially if you've been working somewhere for a while, really starting to be a lot more intentional about the way that you spend your time every day, what, and then in in the activities that you do in a day, whether that is in work or not, what are the things that you really find that you like? And then what are the things that you find yourself even maybe subconsciously like dreading? And that's a really good place to start. I think a, a big part of not maybe always knowing is not tuning in. Like like you just kind of, it happens all the time. You just end up in a situation and and you need the money for a mortgage and, and you have to, maybe you have dependents. Like there's, there's things that happen that make it hard to see that there might be possibilities outside of that reality. So it, it becomes this autopilot thing. But I think the first thing you can kind of do is really tune into what it is about the job that you have that is fulfilling for you and then what it is that you maybe don't like. So as a creative person, you know, if you really like design, but you don't really like copywriting, like those, you know, you're not crazy about like writing words, but you can really put like a website together in a way that's like effective and visually appealing. Like those are kind of the things to maybe tune into what you find. They call it sometimes like a sense of flow, like where, what are you doing when you feel like, you didn't even notice the time go by, or there is something that happens within you that you're like, you're really enjoying what you're doing versus something that you might be dreading. Those are sort of the things I think to start to tune into.
0: That makes a lot of sense. I think that at least for me, when I was first getting into like the world of having, you know, I I did like internships in university. So I was like, when I was doing my first, like big kid jobs, I feel like a lot of us like look at job descriptions and then think that these are like the only like roles that exist, like these very like fixed sort of like, here are the tasks involved. This is the title. But I think it's actually like increasingly more flexible than that. And there's more I don't know, ability to figure out like what you're actually good at and then like bring that into the role rather than feeling like, okay, if this is this is the job that exists, these are the exact tasks. So I better like all of them or else, you know, that's not for me. But rather than starting at like a list of like, these are the potential creative roles I could do starting at like, okay, what am I best at? What, when do I feel that sense of flow? And then kind of going
1: from there. That's right. Exactly.
0: So speaking of like, early stages of career because I feel like a lot of folks who listen might be in that like college or university stage where you're trying to figure out okay what what do I want to do next? Like, how am I going to take my skills and like bring them into the workforce? What have you noticed in terms of the expectations for creative roles in terms of like education? There's a lot of discourse online, especially on YouTube. And I don't know like, if you've come across this, but there's a lot of people that like to talk about the importance or lack of importance in post-secondary education. And I'm just really curious to hear your take on that from a recruitment perspective, because I know I have seen like countless YouTube videos where people are like, you know, need to go to college anymore. Like college is useless. Don't go to, there's a lot of Americans, especially that are talking about this. And so that's why I say college, but yeah, I'm just curious what your thoughts are on that. Cause I, I have kind of opinions about, I went to university and I feel like it was valuable. So I'm just curious what you think.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is, I think a really interesting thing to talk about, especially at this time, di- this time. Um, so yeah, there's definitely areas in the job market in which it, it having a bachelor's degree is like part of the screening criteria. So if you want to be an accountant or an engineer, um, maybe some of those more traditional paths. But I think as far as a creative goes, having education is never going to hurt you. But I I would say that there's probably more flexibility around education in the creative space than a lot of other areas. Um, And the thing that I think is really interesting is that we are kind of in a world now where there is opportunity being generated in which you you can do really well and it can be really lucrative where like a degree in that area doesn't even exist because it's so new so something like a social media marketing manager for example like i've seen job descriptions for really like hot companies where they're looking for like a social media marketing manager and it says on the job description like we know that this is a pretty new field. So we're not necessarily looking for education, we're looking for experience. And I think in the creative space, if you can show your work, if you have a portfolio, if you can show your experience and what you've done in the past, like that weighs more into the opportunity of getting an interview than maybe in a different field of study or a field of work. Mm-hmm.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Like, it, I mean, it does come down to like, can you show that you actually do have these skills, which, you know, a portfolio or something is going to be more like valuable than just a piece of paper that says like I have a degree from, you know, such and such institution. I feel like for me, I've been thinking when I first went into university, I really saw it as like okay, if I like get this degree, then that means I'll be able to like get better jobs and it'll be like worth the financial investment. Like I really saw it as like sort of a business move, but I think Throughout my time in university and like I was like an English major. So, I mean, I feel like this is kind of like the conclusion you would come to. But I was like, you know what? I think post-secondary education isn't always just about job training. It has like so many other benefits outside of your career. Just like forming you as a person, like education for the sake of education and like learning stuff is like always good. So, I don't know. I feel like I have a bit of like a skeptical eye on some of the, the YouTube discourse around like college is worthless because I think that there are a lot of benefits from like learning stuff in like a formal setting. However, I totally understand that, um, especially in the U S it can be very, very expensive to, to go to especially like private universities. So I, I wasn't faced with that same like dilemma because in, in Canada, it tends to be like more affordable, though, you know, still expensive for sure. But anyway, I feel like there's like you were saying, like education is never going to be a detriment to you, mm-hmm. but it might not necessarily be like a requirement in your given like career field.
1: Right. And I think one of the benefits to Going that direction is, it goes back to that security. Like, it it definitely is something that will give you a bit of security. And also, like, that's such a great point, Katie. There's other benefits that come with that as well, like the opportunity to network. Um, Sometimes you can make alumni connections, you know, putting being in situations where you're doing group projects or having to, you know, really learn how to source documents. Like, there are definitely things about a university education that. Um, You do carry, I mean, I know that there's a lot of, conversations about how you don't really carry the stuff you learn forward from, from high school or university, but there are a lot of things that you do. And so, yeah, there's definitely value in it for sure. But I, yeah, like I I would say that the creative space is one area where there's maybe a little bit more flexibility in the education area than others for sure.
0: Mm -hmm, Totally. I think for me, like when I, like, if I think back, okay, if I would have tried to start my business that I have now, or even like find, you know, like a, a position like in marketing, the, the, the type of role that I would do now. Like if I tried to do that straight out of high school without any further experience, like I would not have been ready for it. So I think there's also something to be said for like the life experience and confidence that you gain during those like really formative years that prepare you to be, you know, better in whatever role you might take on. So, yeah, I feel like there's other ways to find education too. Have you ever come across like I guess maybe sources or places that your clients have used or that you recommend for gaining experience or education that's outside of a formal setting? Like Skillshare is a really big thing online. Is that something that you've come across or or do you feel like those tor- those types of courses or certifications like aren't as relevant um, in the sort of corporate world?
1: Uh, I think we're kind of in a place right now where it's we're just at the point where it's changing. So I think for a long time the traditional institutions were really valuable, and they are, they still are, of course. But I also think that because there's such new things happening in the market, you know, something like a Google Analytics certification or taking like a three month coding course, or you know, those are sort of things that are starting to really have value now um, because you can do a lot with that these days. So I think we're just at the point right now where that might be that sort of perspective on education might just be changing a little bit.
0: Mm, That's really cool to hear because I feel like I'm on sort of the other side of it where there's so many creators that are like trying to create online courses, like whether it's in like social media marketing skills or whatever. And I don't know, I'm just curious about like, yeah, the value of that in the job market because In terms of online, like, yeah, there's lots of people making courses and taking courses if they're, you know, an entrepreneur. Like, it doesn't really, like, for example, if I take a a course about Pinterest from Jenna Kutcher, I'm just doing that because I think I'm actually going to get, you know, tangible benefits that I can apply to my own business. But I wonder, like, what would that look like on a resume? And maybe that is something that's going to change over the next, like, coming years that those types of things will be seen as more, like, you know, quote, unquote,
1: legitimate education. Yeah. And I think the education is sort of one piece of it. And then it, it kind of comes down to the results. Like what, what did you do with that education? Like if you take a, a certification, but you're able to show that you've built like a really successful business, or you had clients that have seen a lot of success through the knowledge that you have, like that would carry some weight. But mm-hmm. yeah, like it, it, it's, it's a kind of a tricky thing because there is a lot of as, there, as the opportunities increase in sort of the online world, the number of people putting out courses and certifications and training increases and you, as a consumer, you'd really have to do the due diligence in, in making sure that you are, you know, investing your money in an education that's going to be seen as legitimate. Yeah, and- Totally. Yeah, like you you just as a consumer you'd have to be really careful with that because you're right like there's a lot out there that and there's and people are asking for a lot of money for a lot of these things so you just have to be mindful and do the research I think in terms of what that particular degree can land you in terms of opportunities afterwards.
0: Yes, for sure because there is a lot of I feel like less than honorable um, yeah. online courses out there. So yeah, it's it's so important to be aware of that and f- kind of figure out like, okay, is this investment actually going to show a return for me in the future? So yeah, I think that totally makes sense. I'm also curious your thoughts about sort of what I would call, maybe this isn't the term for it, but like what's seen as like the relative value of a, of a creative skill set in the job market these days. I mean, I don't know if if you kind of came across this in like – your days in like university or whatever but when i was in school i was always made fun of for being an art student and i also went to like a very much like stem kind of school but it was very much seen that like you know engineering coding like these really sort of technical skills were seen as like very very valuable and that this is like you know really what's in demand right now and oh why would anybody ever want someone that like knows how to write or whatever um in terms of like what's in demand and like, yeah, the value of being a creative. Cause I think so many of us probably too had parents that were like, Oh, like how are you ever going to get a job with that? Okay. Yeah. So I was just wondering what are your thoughts on are creative skills valuable or do people still see them as like, Oh, you'll never get a job with that kind of education.
1: Yeah. Th- this is such a great question. I think the really key part of of the question is what have we seen over the last few years? So absolutely. I'd say yeah. 10, 15 years ago, it was seen as less secure it was seen as high risk but you know it just it reminds me of this thing that Gary Vee says about a gold like if there's a gold rush people will flock to the gold but what is also important to pay attention to is like the shovels and the picks because as people go for the gold they're going to need the shovels and the picks to get to the to get to the gold and i think you can kind of apply a similar analogy to the, to the what we're living in right now which is as you see this influx of online coaches and online businesses and online experts like all of those people need photographers for their websites they need web designers they need copywriters so i think now more than ever being in the creative space is probably one of the most lucrative places to be and and the opportunity for growth within that space as well is just huge And so I think there's massive value in being in the creative space, especially right now and probably more than any other time ever. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, you, like you understand where the, that sort of parent perspective is coming from, especially because they're looking at it from, you know, a a time where even if you think about something like reach, right? Like if you started a business 15 years ago, you were kind of, or, or 20 years ago, you were more limited to your community. Whereas now, like, there's a billion people on Facebook you can reach. Like, it's a totally different thing. And so, running a business or working in the creative space, I think there's more opportunity for that now than ever before.
0: Yes, that totally makes sense. I mean, for me, growing up like in a in a small town where you know pretty much everybody was a farmer or a truck driver or like worked in the service industry, it, it kind of did seem a bit like okay, well, how are you like, making videos? What's that ever gonna do for you? But things have changed so much over the pa- past fifteen years, where the internet opens up like totally new opportunities. Kind of no matter where you live. And I really like that gold rush analogy too. I think that makes a lot of sense where like now I live in a city that's super like tech focused. There's a lot of like kind of tech startups here. And you know, coding is important to like create the apps. But then if they ever want to actually get people to use those apps, they're gonna need people that are good at marketing, photography, graphic design, copywriting, all that stuff. So yeah, I think the uh, the picks and the shovels, like that's really starting to come in now with people with a creative skill set really being needed for like all these tech companies. That are seeing like this huge
1: growth. Right, exactly.
0: So I would love to dive into a couple more like practical questions for you for anybody listening that is kind of wanting to either maybe make a pivot or get started in the creative field. And maybe they're feeling like, you know, entrepreneurship isn't necessarily my calling. I want to be able to do this creative work in a you know maybe more traditional or like corporate environment so first I want to ask what can creatives do to kind of get their foot in the door or be noticed by employers in your experience what are some of like the best things that you can do when you're applying for a job or kind of getting started in a creative career path
1: yeah so I think creatives have this advantage oftentimes where they're already oftentimes when you go into the creative space it's Already so passion driven people, you know, it it maybe is less secure, but it's more passion driven. So a lot of the times you'll see that people choose these career paths because it's what they love and it's usually what they're really good at. And I think that's a huge part of the job process. You're already kind of a huge step forward because what employers are really looking for is they want to see that you are applying for this position because you think you will be good at it because you think that you're going to enjoy it. And then they want to see that you're applying for the company because you have some alignment. Like, they're, they, you know, in recruitment, we see it a lot where there's people who are just kind of looking for a job. And so they'll apply, they'll kind of mass apply. Uh, and then when you go to interview them, they, they, they don't even know who they're interviewing with because they've maybe had so many interviews or they've, they've applied for so many jobs. And really the way to get an employer to notice you is to show them that you've taken the time to consider their company, what their company does, and that you really feel aligned to that. And then the same goes for the positions that you're applying to. Employers are really looking to see, like, are you just kind of applying to anything because you need a job or are you taking the time to consider the responsibilities in the job posting? And, and, you know, do you really feel like there's a reason that you feel that you'll be good at that position. So you'll, and you know, a huge part of the job interview is assessing for that. So when they ask you like, why do you want to work here? Or what do you think makes you a good fit for the role? When you take the time to really consider those things, you will be a step ahead in the resume and interview process because that's, that's what they're looking for it. And I'll, you know, so few candidates will take the time because it's hard. It's hard to take the time to do that for every single company you apply for. But because so few candidates do it, when you do it, it just goes such a long way. And so I think that's sort of the biggest thing is being ready to share with them what it was that drew you to the type of creative work that you like to do and, you know, how long you've done it for and what made you interested in it and then also taking the time to consider the company, what they do and and why you're interested in applying with them. Those are kind of the biggest steps, I think.
0: Mm -hmm. And how do you feel like social media factors into all of this? Because I feel like now probably a lot of us feel like whether or not we want to be entrepreneurs, feel some sort of pressure to really represent ourselves and our work on social media. And I don't know, obviously we know about like LinkedIn. It's very common to kind of like optimize a LinkedIn uh, profile when you're you know trying to find a new job. But I've sometimes felt like that LinkedIn is a bit more optimized for like kind of traditional roles. And it's not necessarily like a portfolio type thing. Like often people that have some sort of like visual, like maybe they're a designer or even like a writer might have some kind of like external portfolio. So what, like in your experience, what has been beneficial in terms of social media when you are kind of looking for these type of roles like do you need to have some kind of like instagram presence do you need to have an external portfolio like and and to what extent do these things help you and then in some cases like does your social media presence like hinder you in any way
1: yeah yeah it's a, it's a very relevant question so i think as a recruiter if i was working for a corporation i may look to the resume for a link to so for example with computer programmers or um, something in that area, they'll often leave a link to some of their projects. So yeah, like as a recruiter for a corporation, I would probably look to the resume for a link to something where I can see the person's work. Especially with the creative space, that's kind of like that's the way that you can really showcase your experience is, is visually. And so I think maybe in terms of applying for more of a corporate position that can be really valuable because that's the first place the recruiter is going to go is the resume. So whether that means a link to a portfolio, or if you do have work on your Instagram page, a link to that, you basically just want to look for a way to showcase your work in a way that's going to be easy for the recruiter to find it. And and that could be Instagram if you leave a link, or it could be like a website or or whatever it is. But I think what can happen is if you are active on social media with your work, it gives you the opportunity to kind of be discovered, whether that's from a corporation or an independent employer that like, you know, that's happened to me before as as an entrepreneur where I've seen work on Instagram and I've reached out to that person because I like the work and I hire, I end up hiring them. So I think that's really where the opportunity is with showcasing your your work on social media is it gives you that opportunity to be discovered. Even things like, I mean, this is kind of silly, but even things like like Kylie Jenner's makeup artist she found on Instagram, you know, it's like the opportunity mm-hmm. to like be discovered can be huge and that could be life-changing. So I, I think there's value in it for sure. But yeah, like you you do have to be careful. I, I would say that that's definitely a possibility that, that a recruiter will look to see if there's anything worrisome on a Facebook page or an Instagram, because as, as the employer, you're kind of wanting to make sure that you're bringing people into the organization that align with the same values and are going to be a good fit. And that's maybe one way where they can look. It's, it's a little bit sticky, like I, I think in terms of privacy, mm-hmm. but I think just to be safe, either like keep your social media super private or just be aware that it's a, it is a possibility that that a recruiter will look to see if they can find your account. So uh, it's just something Mm -hmm. to be aware of.
0: Yeah. I think that's such an interesting conversation. Like even outside of the like creative space, like I think everybody is kind of thinking about these days, like, okay, like, how much of what I post on my social media is kind of considered part of my private life versus how much is actually like relevant to my employer or to people like outside of my life. And I think that, you know, to some extent, it's how much how public it is, like you can decide whether your Facebook page can be viewed by people that you're not friends with or whatever. But yeah, what are your thoughts on that in general, in terms of like, do people need to try to create a super like professional squeaky clean image on social media? Like, I feel like you often hear stuff like, oh, make sure that you're not like holding like alcohol in photos and and stuff like that. Do you think that's still relevant now? Or do you think that recruiters are becoming more aware of like, everybody has social media, everybody has a life. So like, yeah, Yeah. to what extent would you find something that's like actually concerning on social media? And how much would you be like, oh, yeah, like, you know, everybody goes to parties or whatever?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like, I I, I think for me as a recruiter, i pretty realistic about even like my own life or or my colleagues or whatever it is. Like you have to be human about it. I think where it's maybe more concerning is, you know, where I've really seen someone maybe not get an opportunity because of something that a recruiter has found on Facebook or, or social media is like when there's maybe posts that lean more like towards racism or like really like the bigger things that are Problematic, especially when considering bringing someone into an organization. But yeah, like I think it would be a bit unfair to expect people to police themselves that heavily. Where you know there has to be a balance between what's realistic and and what's not. Yeah. So it's hard to say because I I, it's hard to give like a definitive answer. But I think for in my experience, it's really only like the very big. Things that would cause someone to lose an opportunity to get an interview based on what they have on social media. I don't think you mm-hmm. to worry so much about maybe like, you know, I, I think you just have to use your professional judgment. If you're in a picture holding a drink, that's probably not going to cost you an opportunity. If you're, if it's a little more extreme, like then maybe it could, like, it's just, I think you really just have to use your own professional judgment in that area. And, and not mm-hmm. everybody looking at social media, like it's, You know, I wouldn't want somebody to, like, feel like they couldn't be themselves. You still want to be Mm -hmm. yourself online. So I think there's just a balance there that needs to be met.
0: Yes, totally. And I do think there's a point, too, where, like, depending on, you know, you can be yourself online and then you would hope that you find an organization that, like aligns with that as well, right? Like if, you know, taking the example of being like a really maybe outgoing, like party type person, well, would you want to work at a place that's so stuffy they wouldn't even want to hire you because there's a photo of you with a drink in your hand? Like probably not, right? So like maybe it wouldn't like line up, but I think it totally makes sense that like, you know, sometimes social media is a good place to figure out if somebody is a complete racist or whatever, then they shouldn't get hired. So, you know, then it's sort of like, okay, well, that was your fault. You shouldn't have posted that on Facebook.
1: Exactly. And that's such a great point katie like that's exactly it is like you also get to decide who you want to work for and if if somebody's not going to give you an interview because you have a picture on facebook with a drink in your hand like exactly you might not want to work for a company that might not be a fit for you so that yeah i think that's an excellent point to bring up as well
0: and that's a really like actually a good side of the conversation to go into now as well as like if you are creative, it's not just about finding a company that's like willing to take you. It's like figuring out what kind of company would actually be a good fit and a place that you would like enjoy you know, working at. So do you have any tips for trying to sort of suss out like the company culture uh, of a place or like figuring out what sort of organization would be a good fit for somebody in a creative position? Like, how do you figure out, okay, like aside from the tasks associated with the role, what, what is like the, what is life going to be like working at a company? How do you kind of figure that out in the interview process as a, you know, somebody trying to find a position?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think one really great thing you can do, because that's right, Like as much as you're researching the company and preparing because you want them to see that you want to work there, you also get to decide if it's a company that you want to work for. And there are some ways that you can kind of figure that out. So one huge resource that I think is really valuable is something like Glassdoor, where um, existing employees or past employees will write reviews anonymously about a company, their experience there. And I think What's really important about this is it's not necessarily the review or the number of stars that a person gives the company that's valuable to pay attention to. It's more so like what they say in the review because somebody might rate a company two out of five because they felt that there was way too much expectation around attending social events outside of work hours. But that might be something that you are looking for and that you you know that might be something that you really want in in your next position. So, I think Glassdoor re- really taking the time to read the reviews and seeing if the things that people are saying I think one thing is you want to look for consistencies if if there's consistent reviews about it being like toxic or 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 great, that's something to look for and then the other thing is just the really like specific things about the reviews what resonates with you and what doesn't. That's a that's a good place to start.
0: Totally. So, to start to wrap things up, I would love to hear in general what advice do you have for people who are considering a career in the creative space? Do you have any like general tips or advice from your experience of things to consider when you're first getting started or when you're in a sort of job search process?
1: Yeah, I think for me, and, and especially based on my experience, if you have an idea of something you think you'd really love to do or something you think that would really work, my advice would be to just go for it. I know that it sounds a bit cliche, but it's just, it's just been so interesting for me to kind of go through this entrepreneurship journey and, and see how people respond to it. I think there's, you know, oftentimes what happens is like people love you and they want to make sure you're going to be okay. And then we talked about security, like all of that. And I think sometimes what happens is people don't quite have the vision that you have for yourself. And the the way that you see things playing out they might not understand and so it's easy to kind of be like you know you want the person to be cautious and you want them to be careful and you don't maybe always think that what they want to do is a good idea but I I really would say like if you have something that you want to put out there especially as a creative person really encouraging you to just do it and the other thing is even if it doesn't work out it will give you footing from which you can pivot. And on top of that, like you may have an idea of what you think it's gonna be or where you think it's gonna go. And then sometimes what happens is opportunities become available to you that you didn't even think of in the beginning. So you know, for example, for me, like I really never expected to do any kind of media and the media segments or or even podcasts. And like I'm like actually really shy. So I never thought that I would do something like live TV. But then those opportunities just came and then I ended up really liking it. And it's been like really great personal and professional development for me as well. So I think if you have something you want to put out there, you just have to do it and, and know that there's really no loss. You're either going to learn or something's going to come out of it that you didn't even expect. That would kind of be what I would want to leave the audience with.
0: Mhm. I think that's such great advice. And like if I was going to add anything to that, I would also just say that on top of like just going for it like you know what you love so you know try to pursue that, but I would also say to anybody who is doing creative stuff for their work, like for their means of income, I would just say try to also find something that you love to do that's creative that is always just going to be something that's for fun for you like I think hobbies are like really underrated and I think are actually a really great place to find fulfillment and also to kind of balance out your sense of self-worth because I think for creatives especially it can be really easy to think that your career success is sort of the definition of your worth as a person because you're so wrapped up in the work that you're doing you're passionate about it it's you know it, it's creative so it feels like it's almost like a part of you so that if your career is not going so hot for some reason that mm and it can be easy to feel like oh my gosh like i'm i got a bad person or whatever so i think having stuff outside of the way that you make money to be able to express your creativity and find some sense of like you know, self worth is is really really healthy. I've definitely found that for myself as somebody that turned my hobby into my job, it's been good for me to have other forms of of creative fulfillment outside of that. For the times that you're not feeling so good about your job, so yeah, that, that's great. that's what I would add.
1: I think just to kind of add up, to add to that, like the the hobbies piece, I think is so key because that that's a great point on what can be valuable about hobbies but the on the as a recruiter on the other side of it it's always so interesting interviewing candidates who have hobbies because it gives you the opportunity to learn about them in a totally different way outside of their skills and qualifications and what's on like the paper of their resume, like, and, and the ability to connect in an interview when someone starts to talk about their hobbies and they become less nervous about the interview and they're, they're you know, it's coming from more of a passion of, of the things they like to do. Like there's such value in having those experiences and bringing those experiences into an interview setting. So yeah, I mean, just kind of on both sides, I think there's so much value in that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, totally. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It has been so great to hear your perspective on the creative like career path and how to navigate that. And yeah, yeah. it's just been
1: really great hearing from you. So thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Katie. It was great to talk to you.
0: Want well, to let the audience know where to find you. Tell us your Instagram, your website. Where can we find out more about you?
1: Yeah, so my Instagram is at Spark Co. And my website is sparkcareerco.com.
0: Awesome. Everybody can go check you out there. And yeah, just thanks again for a great conversation. Thanks, Katie. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the Creator Club podcast. If you listen to this entire episode, I want to know who you are. Send me a DM on Instagram at Katie Steckley so we can chat. Do you want to be part of the official Creator Club? You can join my Insider Squad Facebook group by going to katiesteckley.com slash club. I'd love to see you there. Finally, if you're looking for more value packed content like this, check out my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Katie. Go to my channel and search Instagram hacks and I promise you won't be disappointed. If you wanna hear more episodes like this and support this show to continue, please leave me a review in iTunes. It really helps me out. And you just might get featured on the next episode as the review of the week. Leave your IG handle in the review so I can give you a shout out. Again, thanks so much for listening. And as always, I hope you are having adventures and following your dreams. And I'll catch you next week, Creator Club.